0: The following was recorded live as part of Homeschool.com's 2005 Homeschooling Teleconference. To order additional recordings, visit www.homeschool.com or send an email to orders at homeschool.com. So welcome back, everyone. For this next hour, we're going to be speaking with Joy Hakem. The topic is uh, storytelling as a way to teach history and science. My name is Rebecca Kokendurfer. I'm your host for these calls. Homeschool.com is delighted to host this teleconference. Uh we are recording the calls. Uh so uh please let us know as soon as possible if you are going to be record uh, going to be purchasing the recordings, and that way we'll know how many copies to make up. Uh, they're available at wwwhomeschoolcom preorder. And uh so now I'd like to introduce our next guest, Joy Hakum. Uh, Joy is the creator of the very popular History of Us series. I I just love this series, Joy. My son has been using it. Uh, It totally makes uh, history come alive using the storytelling approach. And congratulations on your success in it being made into a PBS series. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to create the History of
1: Us series? Uh, I was a a newspaper reporter and a mother and uh, I had been a teacher. And um, my kids hated history, which seemed very strange to me, because history is stories and adventures and heroes and vill- It's everything that kids should like. And um, I started looking at the books and then and reading some of the literature on textbooks, and it was clear that um, <laughs> we were doing something counterproductive and we were making this wonderful subject into something dull, and it, it didn't make sense.
0: That is true, because I mean, you think about children say, "Oh, I hate history, but they're learning history from a dry textbook that has been made. I- I've heard you speak about this in the past, that textbooks are made to be politically correct, where every story has a a happy ending and they're never uh, allowed to offend you know one group or another because then the textbooks won't get accepted in that particular state. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Well, also, this is a business and, and when you're selling to um, you know state adoptions. And, and you've invested quite a bit in, in producing the textbook. Anything that might offend anybody, you know, needs to get out of there. So um, they're very timid and they're, they're dull. So the
0: textbooks tend to be watered down and politically right. correct. Right. I know you're a fan of James Lowen's work too, Lies My Teacher Told Me.
1: Right, yeah. We, about we, even we, the inaccuracies in, uh, the school textbooks. Well, because, because there is not a single author, so um, no one t- really you know, cares the way I you know I care, and uh, any author does, because uh, my name is on it. but when you when you have a, a textbook, uh, there is no single author and um and the and the great scandal that not many people know is that the the authors named on most commercial textbooks are not the writers. Oh um, really? They are the consult they're consultants and their they're name they they're, you know uh, textbook publishers pay for those names, but then they hire freelance writers, usually a team of them. So Maybe fifteen or twenty or more people writing standard U.S. history.
0: So the process for the textbooks, as I understand, it, Joy, if you could speak up just a little bit more, we have several hundred people on the call, okay. and I don't want them to miss a, a word of what you have to say. It's so valuable. Thanks. So the um, the states have the states have to adopt the textbooks. So so they're presented with textbooks. They read them over, and if there's anything offensive in it, for example, if you're talking about the Civil War and you say something negative about the South, then the Southern states won't adopt right. those textbooks. Or if you say something uh, negative about the Yankees or the Yankee leaders, then the northern states won't adopt the textbooks, which means, of course, there's less money in the sales of the textbooks.
1: Yeah, and there's all there are all kinds of other uh, issues. Um, you can, it's very hard to be cutting edge because um, most administrators who are making the decisions graduated from college some years ago. So, for instance, when my, my books came out, um, I was attacked for in in uh, Virginia for the picture of reconstruction well it was it was the picture that that actually james Mcpherson who was our great civil war and, and reconstruction um scholar at at princeton had had gone over had read my manuscript and and um, you know showed me where i was wrong and 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 i corrected it so it was cutting edge but um the um it, you know it wasn't what what these teachers had learned and um Uh, and and i wouldn't cave i won't change but um a lot of textbooks do
0: of course even our country was based on um christian principles but of course with the separation of religion and state uh, you can't mention any type of religious beliefs or or uh motivations in the characters lives or in the history have to relate
1: with religion well i think you can mention it in a historical context you you know you can't preach religion i don't want to uh, preach religion nor should, do I think it's proper in in the public school certainly but you can tell talk about the religion of um, Washington or Roger Williams or, or and, you know different characters and and certainly you can talk about um, religious movements and and um, and that's cause that's all part of history so if I, you approach it you know as a historian it, it, it's fine I think
0: what I heard you speak to you talked about uh, Christopher Columbus and how some of the textbooks, they build up a hero worship and they don't tell the dark side of Christopher Columbus or some of our favorite characters.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, for me, the fascination of history is that we're dealing with real people. And Jefferson happens to be one of my heroes, but he certainly had, you know, had a, had a side of him that um, we regret. And, and he's endlessly fascinating because he wasn't perfect. And, and even and in his imperfections, um, we can learn. I mean, you can learn as much from from villains or from from mistakes of others. I mean, I I have a special responsibility writing for children, and so I don't I don't go into sex, for instance. I don't you know that whole facet of of Jefferson and some others. I I just leave out, which I guess is is distorting history in a sense. I mean, but but you do write differently for children. But I but I don't um, I don't leave out you know the horrors of of the Civil War or slavery. you know that's writing for children is different, and in that, um, I think you want children to have a positive view of your country. Uh, I think that um, that's appropriate, and in in when you're ten, eleven, twelve, and that's what the child development experts say. If 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 you're at ten, you if you're lucky at all, you think your parents are pretty terrific and they know everything, and and that's the way it should be. When you're seventeen, eighteen. Your parents don't know anything, and um, you're skeptical about everything, and all, that's the way it should be, you know. And out of the and 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 you know, this is hope that you'll come to some sort of consensus as you grow. I mean, there are different stages. So um, my books are pretty positive, but they you know they do um, you know I do attempt to 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 be embracing.
0: I know that we've all experienced, too, that sometimes history is uh, in the eye of the observer, that you could have ten people observing the same event, and each one recalls it differently, each one saw it differently.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's something very important for children to understand. And, and in this um, revolution book, uh, for instance, I have uh, a description of the same battle written from London in a London paper and written uh, in this country. And and we need to constantly do that, because we see things very, very differently um, the, um the report of the current war in the, uh, you know in the Middle East is very very different from you know what it is in our in our media and um, to be really educated is is to uh, you know to look for as many different viewpoints as you can and and then come to your own um, ideas I guess that's true too because a lot of history is written um
0: by um, white males and I assume that if you were um uh, if you were a, a black American or a woman, you would have viewed those historical events differently and would have written about them differently.
1: Yes, well, certainly in the past, white males dominated, and then but with the politically correct, we went sometimes to the opposite extreme. Um, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are or what what, what what sex when you write, you just have to try and be fair and and, and look at. Um, and we're all, we also had the great the great man uh, philosophy of history. Uh, in, in which history was just a succession of, of kings and, and, um, and um, generals. And, and we forgot the ordinary person. And then the pendulum swung, swung and we got a little bit too much of um, pots and pans history. And again, the need to... Be what, what did you say that was? I call it pots and pans history. <laughs> there was a, a few years ago there was this, oh, there's just one book after another about um, you the, know the way the way the ordinary people conduct their lives, uh-huh. but the focus was on um, minutia to the point sometimes you know, I wanted to scream that so lost the bigger picture. Yeah, and and there is something to heroes. I mean, and there is, and the more I study history, the more I'm aware that leadership makes such a difference, and and that history can go one way or the other. I mean, it isn't it isn't cast in bronze, and and um, my agent happens to have. Published a series of books called What If, and it's amazing because there are these what ifs in, in, in history, and it could have gone the other way. And, and and so today things can go one way or another, and it's it's often the leadership that determines that.
0: So when we're reading uh, textbooks, my children, especially school children, um, you know they're growing up thinking history is horrible and boring because they read something, they answer the fill in the question, fill in the blanks, multiple choice. They're tested on it, they forget it. Whereas uh, now as homeschooling parents, we have a unique opportunity to uh, to show our children that history is so dynamic,
1: so alive, that it's fascinating, that it's that it's real life, that it's really exciting. Yeah, well, I'm I'm so impressed with what you homeschoolers do, and I, I think just the whole idea of of creating a, a a home environment where everybody you know is learning together, and we're mommy and daddy are excited by by learning and and excited by history, and and I, I see my books as just it's just a start, and um, I, I hope kids will go off and and read in lots of different directions and and um, I get kids who write me wonderful letters and are often critical. I mean, you know why did you say this and well that's that's great but,
0: you, know, so you were you were that. a reporter and you were a mom, and yeah. you wanted to write a history series. Mm-hmm. so now, I know that you worked very hard and had a hard time
1: getting it accepted in the beginning. Well, Can you tell us more th- about that process? I, I had a hard time finding a publisher. That you
0: were—we un- just interviewed Cynthia Kersey earlier today. She talked about how when you have a goal, you have to be unstoppable. Your why has to be stronger than any obstacles you're going to meet in your way. Yeah, and I, you had some obstacles, but you were absolutely determined.
1: I—I'm kind of, a- <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you, it's hard to knock me over. Um, the <laughs> obstacles don't stop. By the way, I'm still fighting. Um, uh, yeah, publishing battles. But um, yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I I had nine and a half books written before I found a publisher, and um, yeah, it wasn't easy. And then uh, you know there were changes that the publisher wanted to make which I just would not do. And um, you know you, you have to believe in something and stick to your guns. But you know I, I'm writing a new series now, and I'm so excited about that. And, and I'm writing about science. I'm just really deep into science, and um, convinced that the scientific illiteracy is perhaps even more dangerous than our historical illiteracy. Certainly in America, that's true. I think it's I think something happened in the 20th century, and I think um, in a lot of places people tuned out uh, science because when it got we got into quantum theory and relativity, those, just those words scare people but they underlie our times and uh and we need to know about them and our kids need to know about them and our, and and your children are going to be competing with um, with the whole world now i mean the um, Tommy in uh in denver is going to be competing with um uh and in, in in you know in uh india or vietnam and um they have to. They have to know science, and they have to know much more math than uh, than we did in the past. And I, and I want to talk with you some more about um, the new history of
0: science because I absolutely love it. But I know our readers are going to be inspired by your success with the history of us too. Okay. So you, you wrote the, and I, you're so modest. I don't want to make you uncomfortable with it, but you you are inspiring us because as homeschoolers, we're trying to be good role models for our children. We're trying to show them that they can pursue their dreams you know and we are pursuing our dreams too and we're doing it all together so you you wrote the the series you found a publisher and then of course homeschoolers loved it from the very beginning yeah homeschoolers have been wonderful and then you were able to get it accepted by uh the school districts Mm -hmm. and then now it's become a pbs
1: series tell us about that that sounds very exciting i'm so happy for you yeah and and actually there's a pbs website that if if anyone doesn't know about it, uh, you should. It's free and downloadable, and it's it's pbs.org slash WNET slash History of Us, and it has fabulous teaching materials. So. Would you say that again and spell it out for our uh, listeners? Okay. Um, I hope I have this right. It's pbs.org. That's the, the main you know, entry, pbs.org slash WNET slash History of Us. No, not a history, but history of us. So
0: word. www.pbs.org mm-hmm. slash
1: w-n-e-t <laughs> history <laughs> slash history of us. History of us. And yes. what do they have? Okay, they have, it, it, I, I think they spent a million dollars or something like that. I don't know how you spend a million dollars on a website, but they did. And it's just got everything, right? <laughs> you know, you, you get on it and there's all, this, it's, you, you, I mean, you go to the revolution and then you can click on the individuals and battles and pictures and music and and everything. I mean it's fabulous. Um so, they, it,
0: so then they uh they approached you and they said, We we'd like to turn this into a PBS series?
1: Yes, it was um the uh the way it works there were some producers, the Kunhart brothers and they're love they're just great. And their mother, grandmother, somebody like that in the family wrote um had the bunny, which I'm sure all, all of you all know, um, probably you know, a little book for babies. Um, so they they had the right they had the right genes, and um, and they produced a 16 part series, and that that's purchasable through PBS, I think.
0: In fact, it's rentable too. Um, homeschool.com works with FamilyPass.com. So uh, listeners, if you go to Homeschool.com, there's a button on the left that says DVD schooling. You can click on that, and then you can uh, rent. Uh, this terrific series through it, Family Pass, and they have other uh, DVDs from the History Channel, Discovery Channel, Biography. All of those, you uh, you uh, pay a monthly fee and you rent them every month, and then you return them, and they come in the mail. And I mean, they have algebra programs. They have terrific resources, and Joy's uh, History
1: of Us PBS show is among them. And the PBS show, the voices are all um, leading Hollywood. Um, stars i mean everybody you know if you're in hollywood and you're not on that pbs special there's something wrong with you did
0: you anyway. get to go on the set and help uh, develop the series no, there's
1: they no set they, they um they read um they were voiceovers oh. um and the way the way it worked and the reason we have so many people is that christopher reeve got interested and became the consultant and he has a brother who um they teaches history in vermont in high school and um and Christopher Reeve called all his friends in Hollywood, and nobody turned him down. Oh boy! So that was that was really nice. And I you must have been honored. I, I was, I was, and both he and his wife were fabulous. He uh, certainly will be missed. One of my heroes. Yeah, me too. And um Katie Couric was in, is the narrator in the, uh, in the PBS special. So that, that's yeah,
0: that was fun. So now your new passion then is bringing a science to America and making it easily understandable and exciting.
1: Yes, and um, I'm I'm just i <laughs> have just falling in love with science. I didn't realize what I what I was missing, and I what I think so many um, uh, so many of us uh, uh, have missed. I mean, science is is people doing you know searching for uh, meaning in the universe, and um, and so I start with the Greeks in the first book, and that's out. It's called Aristotle Leads the Way. And that's and I it I really um, it's all history and stories, and I weave um, science principles in with it. And and all learning is a duality, but particularly science. There's the the ideas, the conceptions, and then there's the doing, making it your own. And um, so there's a team at Johns Hopkins that are that's doing coordinated teaching materials, just as they did for History of Us. By the way, they've done fabulous stuff for History of Us. And um, so anyway, the first book is. Is Aristotle and the um, and the ancients?
0: Is that available on Amazon.com? It is now. Aristotle's going to be pretty hard to spell, but if they do a search for your name, um, Joy Hakem, and that's J O Y H A K I M, then that'll take them to this book, Aristotle Leads the Way. Yeah, I
1: have I have a website, joyhakim.com. Ah, good. So that that tells all about it. www.joyhakim.com. And and the um, I have this wonderful. Um, producer of my books, and and he has a great assistant who's uh, was an art major, and so the art in the book is, will blow you away. I think it's just gorgeous. beautiful. And then the, the second book is called uh, Newton at the Center, and that's what we call classical science, and that starts with Copernicus and goes through Galileo and Newton and uh, the 19th century, and that also has fabulous um, art from the Middle Ages and the Renaissance and, and um, through, through the 19th century. Is that, that almost... Almost out then? Yeah, that will be out in October. I don't. I don't know what's delaying it. Um, it's because it's, I finished with it quite a while ago. But uh, the publishing process is baffling to me. But anyway, uh, October, <laughs> November, that'll that'll be out. And that's um, it's got a lot of world history in it. Um, I'm, I, I'm just, you know, I just fallen in love with these people. And they're they're. Um, I mean, Newton was a real uh, weirdo, and um, and a acerbic kind of grouchy guy, poor man, he, he had problems, and, and Galileo was charming and, and full of himself, and, and um, just one after another, and their relationships to each other and to the community and their problems with um, government, it's, it's a great story. But what, then what I'm doing right now, and no one has done it for kids, and it, it, it needs to be done, is writing about 20th century science, and that's quantum theory and relativity and um they are so interesting and i'm i'm really lucky in that a um an mit physicist heard about what i'm doing and volunteered to read every chapter and make sure i get it right
0: oh
1: you must be learning a lot while you're writing oh oh, i'm 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 just ecstatic with um it's so exciting because teaching Uh, is such a great way to learn to learn of course and and teaching and writing are the same thing i mean they're just two sides of the same coin i mean i I was a teacher. I was a writer, and 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 with your kids, I'd like to urge you to have them write nonfiction. Writing is first of all, it's the art form of our time, and a, and a lot of people don't quite realize that novels are wonderful, and I'm, you know, and there's a special truth in a novel, but but nonfiction is where we are today, and we have great nonfiction writers. So.
0: Nonfiction David, because we're living in the information
1: age. Exactly, exactly. It suits us. And David McCullough is one of them. There, there, there are others, and people who are who are using nonfiction beautifully. But yeah, you know, we we're interested in in the real world, and so are kids, especially boys. But if you can get your children to write nonfiction well, they've got to think well. I mean that that really um, you know will help their minds work. You know, and and particularly to tell a story, to tell a true story. Again, the textbooks give you a litany of facts. That doesn't take much thinking to do that,
0: and you don't put a picture in your head when you're reading it. And that's the key to learning, of course. Is if you put that visual image in your head, then you have an easier time recalling it later.
1: Exactly. But if to write a to write a story, and and you know, want our kids to be able to do that, you have to. That's that's a. um, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's a structure there, and they have to think in order to do that. So the more well, that's your specialty, Joy. Yeah, of
0: course, like. is taking difficult subjects and teaching them through storytelling. Why do you think that
1: storytelling sticks? Well, we all love stories. <laughs> you know, I was reading The Arabian Nights the other day. I mean, you know, from just going way back, um, we remember stories. Um, but one of my favorite stories is Gilgamesh, which goes back to Sumeria, to the, the ancients. It's a, just a great tale. And so you he, he just, he, you know, you remember it. It's got people and events and, you know, there's a structure. Your advice
0: is to encourage our children to write nonfiction, but maybe not to do it in the strict five paragraph form, but instead to have them write in a story format.
1: Right. Oh and I gosh,
0: that sounds terrific! Because then you you keep reading, you keep learning more instead of just you know having it dry and boring
1: and you stop. And or, yes, and in order to make a good story, you're gonna yes, they're gonna have to go out and research and look. It's the story that's, it's all in the details. You know, as as a newspaper writer, you 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 know um, you're constantly aware of that. If you can find little details, if you're writing about a character and you know a real character, and you you describe the buttons on his jacket. Um, that or, that tells you a lot. You know, are they shiny in brass or are they worn out or are three of them missing? You know, already you know something about it when you have that little detail. And, it, and you remember it in your mind. That's, that's, you, and it, it teaches kids to be observers. Because it sounds like a lot more fun for them to do as well. I, I think so. I, mean, I, I find that you know, from the letters children write me that they, they want to think. And Sometimes when I go into schoolrooms and see these kids bored, um, I just, it's awful.
0: Like I, I, know that you have a passion for um, changing and helping American education in general. You know, what do you see as your mission in this regard? Um,
1: I just, want that. I think it all goes back to reading and thinking, and and I think it's enormously. It goes beyond far beyond what I can do, or it. Um, I mean. This is the real strength of our nation and the future. And are we going to maintain ourselves as as the great power or not? And in the information age, it's all about information and and thinking and if, and producing, uh, you know, a nation of thinkers. And if we, you know, we're we're not only outsourcing, um, you know, manufacturing jobs to China and Mexico, we're outsourcing intellectual jobs to India and other places because we don't have enough people who can do that. And that's outrageous.
0: That's in and, science
1: yeah and that's 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 um, math often and and science and thinking and um, you know, I remember reading the, um, the worldwide math score
0: and America scored lowest just above Lebanon that yeah that that, that just won't do anymore
1: um, you know, and yet we're have, in
0: school more and more days and longer and longer hours and it just kind of breaks my heart that it doesn't seem to be working yeah well it's a
1: Uh, Again, it's the um, it's the material you give children, and it does make a huge difference what 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 you give them. Um, I read an article recently in um, Jerusalem's morning paper, and Israel Israeli kids 25 years ago uh, were number one in the world in math. Today, they're way down. They're down with us. us, and the reason is that they changed their curriculum and changed the books. And they, they instituted the new math. I mean, They bought their books from California. They oh. got rid of that. They didn't. And so these kids who are the, the children of parents who did well, I mean, this is not a different gene pool, are now scoring very poorly because of the books they were given. So...
0: Well, homeschoolers, we can choose our own curriculum on our own. That,
1: that, I mean, I think that's one of the things that impresses me so enormously about homeschoolers. It's the books you read.
0: So what should we be looking for then? Did you, were you able to derive that from that article? What is the well, new math and what is the old math that apparently was working better? Well,
1: Singapore, I know, has, has the best, highest scores. So um, you know, find out what they're doing. I, I mean, I've heard Saxon math is good. I, I, I don't know. You know, this is, this is not. Um,
0: Nothing, nothing specific for math. Then,
1: well, I don't, you know, I don't know what's what's best, but um, that's, you know, your job. But, but I do know that um, in Singapore, that their their scores are on the top of the heap. Uh,
0: I know that you also um, believe that children that there's a serious need for young children even to understand physics.
1: Yes, um, physics is the subject that in school we teach last. I mean, if you, you know, if you're smart in high school, you take physics your senior year and if, Maybe. You're not, if you're not such a great student you don't take it at all well physics in starting in um, the beginning of the 20th century became the base for all science um, out of out of Einstein's thinking and out of quantum theory um, you know physics physics reigns and and so chemistry and biology come out of physics today and so you need to teach physics first, not last. And and there is a physics first movement in the, in the scientific community. And um, I think if you get on the web, but the NST, there, NSTA or some of the other organizations, you'll see physics first. So my my science books, me, are really <coughs> I'm sorry, are really aimed at um, middle school kids. And with um, you and new homeschoolers, read them before early, younger, <laughs> earlier than than schools. Yeah, in the so. beginning, I used to read
0: your History of Us series to my children at night time, and then now it's been made into an audio book. Recorded Books has it as an audio yeah. tape. Yes, yeah. and so uh, and they have such great pictures in there. So now my my son, my teenage son, he will listen to the tape while
1: looking at the book. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Also, um, books are meant to be read more than once, and to really learn a tough subject like science, um, you need to read the material several times, and that's sometimes hard to get kids to do, but um, uh,
0: that's true because you get intimidated and you give up because it doesn't stick and you think, oh I just must not, I must not be smart enough to get it
1: or yeah and and it, um, actually, I'm learning that in in a- approaching this, this subject because when I started out, I didn't know much science and I was reading books that were over my head and really struggling with them. and now I, you know those same books are easy because I just stuck with it. Now so I know you went off to uh, Smith College at 16.
0: Right. Uh, even though, uh, really you came from a small town. I remember you saying that, uh, you were with all these sophisticated older students and you still had hayseed in your hair. Right, right. But in many ways you felt that you were, uh, better educated than they were. Well,
1: what, I was with, with girls, um, who, um, we were girls back then. <laughs> now they're women. But, um, who, who, some of them came from very, uh, um, elite Private schools, and they knew lots of things that I didn't know. But I had one big advantage, and that is that I grew up in a house with a father who did a lot of reading. So there were books all over, and I just read. It. And I found that um, the breadth of my reading was was far beyond that of, of most of my um, my peers, and that was that was a big advantage. The reading, the reading, yeah, just just let your kids read, and and which is what you homeschoolers do.
0: Well, gosh, do you mind? We'd love to hear some more of your advice because. And it's obviously been working so well for you. What other advice do you have for homeschoolers and how we can um, educate our children, particularly in, in math and
1: science and writing? Well, um, don't don't worry about them reading over their heads. I mean that um, as long as they you know, as long as they will read. If it's a book that they um, they won't read, but um, you know that's different. But a a homeschooling couple came to see me not too long ago, and the seven-year-old. Was a twelve-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy, and the seven-year-old the was reading the Scarlet Letter. Well, <laughs> I had to laugh. The Scarlet Letter is a the, the letter is an A, and it's about adultery. Um, this is a little seven-year-old boy. It just happened that the Scarlet Letter was the first real book that I read after reading the Bobsey Twins, and I had absolutely no idea what that A stood for. Um, I picked it off a shelf, and nobody told me not to read it. And I knew what the book, what the story is about is fairness and unfairness, and um, uh, it meant a it just meant a whole lot to me, as it obviously did to this little seven year old boy who was totally absorbed in it. And um, it, you know, it wasn't harming him in any way. It, it 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 stimulated me to you know read a great writer and to have to think about why um, this woman, Hester, was being treated sale You know, so uh, don't worry too much about what, you know, if your kids will read, they're not going to be harmed by, um, you know, they're going to miss a lot of things that you may worry about.
0: And audio books are a great resource, too, because uh, the child may not be able to read at the, that level, but they can listen to it and understand it and develop that good vocabulary.
1: Yeah. Um, there the, um, they're, they're are, Fairy, they're old fairy tale books that I read as a child and loved and uh I couldn't wait to read them to my children and when they came along I looked at those fairy tale books and I said, No way am I gonna read these. They're all violent. They're all yeah. and you know, I, I think read child development books. Kids kids don't aren't bothered by some of the things that bother us. So just let them read the classics and don't worry too much if um you know, they can—they're not going to be corrupted by things that uh, that we often worry about.
0: Thank you. Excellent advice. Uh, any other advice you have for us?
1: Um, just have fun with history and 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 take your kids to uh, historical sites and and um, let them you know let them lead you to um, learn with you. But I, I think you guys know more about. That. I'm I'm just so impressed with with what what you do with your children and with the homeschooling.
0: And I remember okay. hearing you speak too that uh, history does not have to be um, taught in a timeline order. You know, for example, you mentioned that you can uh, study about women in history, or like you're doing, you're studying about the history of science. So you can approach history in lots of different ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, starting with the the time of the dinosaurs and moving along a timeline.
1: Although uh, it helps to do to have to have some kind of chronology, and um, because kids do need to put it in the uh, in a setting, so if you don't study if you if you study um, ideas or, or and subjects and pull them out of the chronology, I think it does help to let kids know where this it gives them some clues i mean i um I suggest to teachers that they have a clothesline in their classroom and that they put um you know clips on it and and a clip that there aren't that many dates that you really need to know and, and in u s history there are um you know uh, twenty thousand, thirty thousand years ago, we think the first people came here, and then in fourteen ninety two, and seventeen seventy six, and eighteen sixty, only you know a few really key dates, but um, and then you something is between one of those, and that that that's helpful, but a lot of kids have no sense at all of of chronology, and 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 that's too bad. So I yeah, I think you do there are a lot
0: of uh, homeschoolers too who uh, keep a book and they write the dates on the top of the pages and when they read a book or they go to a field trip or something like that, they come back in and they enter it into that book.
1: Oh that's awesome. Like isn't that
0: good too? Yes. Yeah, so the child, yeah. like you said, gets an idea of what came before, what came after, what you know, this influenced that. Yes. Yeah. What's your what are your thoughts about reading um your original history book? Uh, reading autobiographies as compared to biographies.
1: Oh I think that's wonderful. I you know, I think that um uh you know, the more you read but i also think you have to keep telling kids that even autobiographies aren't necessarily true we don't we even if you, even if the author thinks that they are i mean we all see ourselves um as we wish so thomas and, jefferson would
0: probably not have put some of his exploits in his autobiography you know he wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> and um that's a good point
1: yeah, and uh, well, beyond people hiding things, sometimes we, we like we fool ourselves. We don't, we don't like to face um, the reality of ourselves. So, yeah, in order to get a real picture of someone, you need to read several books, and um, especially in the information age too, where we're
0: just besieged with information. I suppose, and on the internet too, I suppose we have to raise our children whenever they look at a source to say to ask themselves, okay, why should I believe this?
1: The Internet is really dangerous. It, um,
0: because you don't know who wrote it or what their agenda is.
1: Right. And and I constantly find um, the fact that it's in a book, there is something about seeing something in print. You kind of think that it's true. And um, authors make lots of mistakes, including me. So um, you have to um, you know, approach everything skeptically and, and read several things. And, um, you know, you'll get, overall, you'll get the... Um, You know, we, we all do our best, but, and what, what's happened in American history again and again is that an author makes a mistake, maybe a good author, or a good historian, and writes it up, and then someone else takes that, another historian, and before long, that's become history as a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's like,
0: uh, Betsy Ross.
1: Betsy Ross is a mixture of, (laughs) you know, yeah, of myth and truth.
0: I remember as a child growing up, I thought for sure that she worked right alongside, I thought she was probably married to George Washington, (laughs) and that George had asked her to make the flag, but in reality, Betsy Ross was just a woman who was born in this particular town, and several generations later, her ancestors got together and said, hey, let's create this myth about Betsy Ross and the flag.
1: Yeah, well, I I grew up in in New England, in in Rutland, Vermont, and I don't think I'd ever heard of Jamestown. I mean, for me, uh, the way I was taught history began in New England with uh, Plymouth. So, uh, you know, we kind of distort history to, uh, to suit the times. And, uh, and, and, and writing history, you feel kind of humble because, um each generation does its own history. Um, you know, 30 years from now. That's true. Don't forget me. <laughs> I, I think
0: our listeners, um, do a Google search too for, or go to Amazon.com for James Lowen's book, because I know Joy recommends those. His last name is spelled L-O-E-W-E-N. And uh, one of his books, very popular with homeschoolers, "Lies My Teacher Told Me," and that's talking about what Joy and I have been discussing about the the Betsy Ross myth and some of the uh, information about Christopher Columbus that we <laughs> the darker side that we don't read about in our
1: in our hero worshipping textbooks. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to recommend some other books. Jean Fritz's books on history are very good. was a um, she's a scholarly person and, and, um. That's Jean Fritz, G-E-N-E-N-F-R-I-T-Z? Yeah, she writes, uh, American history primarily. She's a very, very good writer and, uh, for children. And, uh, Genevieve Foster, who you can find her books on the web, she, she wrote, um, she's not alive, I don't think, anymore, but she wrote the book called George Washington's World and another, Augustus Caesar's World. They're, they're very readable, um, and it's good history.
0: Genevieve Foster. Oh, that's excellent. Well, let's open up the call joy so we can uh take some questions. So callers, if you would please um, mute out your phone, uh either use the mute button on your phone, that's the easiest way, or press star 6 and that will mute out your call and then when you want to ask a question, you push star 6 again. So here we go. <laughs> Hello everyone. First question for Joy Hakem, the author of The History of Us and also The oh, History of Science. Say that what again. Top the, what topics
1: do the History of Us cover?
0: History of us. Joy, <laughs> let me repeat that question. She was asking, what topics and what date range does the History of Us series cover? Okay,
1: it's it's um, ten books and ten small books. I decided, um, you know, I, big books are intimidating. Yes, <laughs> so, I agree. Uh, so, I, you know, these are reader-friendly, and I developed these with kids, and I actually paid children to uh, to be my editors. I paid five dollars a book. I was a big spender, and and I asked them for their comments. And one of the things was, you know, small books work and, and fairly short chapters and um, paragraphs. Um, as to what it covers, it's the whole nine yards. I I start with the people coming over the Bering Strait in book one. The second book is the colonial period. The third book, the revolutionary period. The sixth book is the Civil War. And it goes through nine eleven in the tenth book, and I'm currently writing. This is not easy. Oh my gosh, um, about the, um, the the current Gulf War. Oh. So it's it's um, every you know it's the basics of American history, and I try and cover. Uh, you know, the eighth book I do a lot of on economics. Uh, that was that's the book that um, the end of the nineteenth century when you have robber barons and the labor movement, and it was a good time to introduce. Economic you know, terms, which I which I do. Um, I do there's quite a bit of geography and uh, sociology, you know, but it's all woven into into a narrative.
0: And the books are available at joyhakam.com and then also uh, amazon.com, and then the re- recordedbooks.com has the uh, recorded version of it as well. Except it's best to do both. Uh, you can't really understand it if you 're just listening to the recorded version, you need to listen to the recorded while you 're looking at the book because she has a lot of original documents and um and photos in there that make it come alive
1: Oxford University Press is the publisher, and you can get teaching materials through them and ah uni-
0: and that's right and then of course the p b s series as well, which is available through homeschool dot com go on our button for d v d schooling
1: yeah there's a there's a bevy of teaching materials there 's just a whole lot of stuff. Um.
0: So it can really become your US history curriculum.
1: Yes. That's
0: great. Let's take another question, Joy. I have a question. Yes, we can hear
1: you. Go ahead. Um, on uh I have a upper elementary and junior high boys and I kinda of do everything together. <laughs> and I'm I uh like the series I'm I got the series to use. But I'm wondering what can I incorporate so far as doing maybe projects or hands on activities or that type of thing. Joy, well,
0: let me re- repeat that question. So she says she uses the um, series with her upper elementary school age child. I think she said, and she was wondering if you had any ideas for hands on activities that
1: she can incorporate into it. Well, that's the kind of thing that the teaching materials suggest. Yeah, if I, They are planned for school classrooms, so I don't. You know, I think you you might have to tell me whether they work with homeschoolers, but certainly.
0: Um, what was that web great you did well, again, where they had the lesson plans? What? You said there was that, the lesson plans, wasn't it through PBS.org and then slash? Mm-hmm. Yes, there,
1: there's a um, a terrific website, but um, and then were and these um, there's a you know there are books of tests and there are books of projects. But I, for me, the best thing is um, tell your kids that the author uh, has been very unhappy because she couldn't write about it all because there's so much more history and and there is and suggest to them that they write their own chapters of the history of us that they interview their grandparents that they go to the um, uh, you know the, the city center or to the, the um, talk to the mayor or to find out the history of your community that they um, take a character that maybe I have two sentences on and um, and do more I mean the more that they can think and create themselves I think the better better off but um, as far as tests and um, um, that's uh, we can get that from Oxford.
0: Okay, would you know the address for that? The web address. Um,
1: it's Oxford dot com. I'm, 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 I'm.
0: So at least do a Google search for Oxford. But well, actually, it's it's on my website. And,
1: oh, okay. And, and, and Oxford has a website too.
0: Okay. Oh, thank you, Joy. Thank you. Another question, please. Can you hear us? Later. Does anyone else have another question for Joy Hakem, History of Us? (gasps) Oh, no. That's a woman who thinks that her phone is in mute mode. We've all been there before. (laughs) As a courtesy, I'll go ahead and back back out into this mode. Well, Joy, thank you very, very much for being with us this hour. just excellent ideas for us on how to make history come alive and kind of the um, the advantages that we have in homeschooling our children, that we can help our children to, to love history and to remember it and why it is uh, as exciting and memorable and useful in real life. And I
1: wish you all well, and I, I think it's so exciting what homeschoolers are doing. Um, I wish I'd, I had done that with my children, but I, I encourage all of you. Um, so have fun with history.
0: And good luck on your new science series. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm going to open up the phone. Everyone, if you would, unmute your phones and then say goodbye and thank you to Joy Hakim. Thank you, Joy.
1: Thank you
0: you
1: very much. Can I get that website one more time?
0: Um, Thank you. Um, com. Thank you. Thank you, Joy.